If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is! The Jesse Kelly Show, another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. Gosh, I have so much fun. You have fun? I have fun. I know it's heavy. I know a lot of news is heavy right now, and we're actually going to dig into a couple of the heavies here in just a second, but like this guy. All right, we're going to do just a brief one. I'm not going to do a bunch of this today because we've been a heavy enough week with all this Israel-Hamas combat stuff. Just go through a couple of these. In fact, two of these pair pretty well, but let's do this one first. Jesse, the subject of this one is drinking again. I recently gave up alcohol. I haven't had a drink in two weeks, but after uh, what I'm witnessing right now in Israel and with this demented piece of president we have, I'm on three drinks deep. We are so screwed. And he did not say screwed. I am nobody's father. It's not my job to tell you what to do or what not to do. And the last thing in the world you'll ever get out of me when you struggle with things, is judgment because nobody has screwed up and done more of that stuff than I have. Nobody has. But I will just say this. Are you going to let Hamas govern your life? That's exactly my thoughts, Chris, although I can't repeat that on the air. They're not governing my life. Look, I I saw uh, Hamas, some leader of Hamas or former leader of Hamas came out and 
call for some formal formal day of jihad. There's going to be a global jihad this Friday. Well, I've had people reach out to me. Hey, Jesse, what are you going to do this Friday? Hey, and did you see what they said? Hey, maybe we should lay low this Friday. You do what you want to do. Hamas doesn't govern my life. These jihadi scumbags don't govern anything in my life. You know what changed for me on, on Friday when they said that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And nothing will. Look, if you want to keep drinking, keep drinking. It's your business. It's your life. If you want to stop like you had already stopped for two weeks, it's your call too. Don't let Hamas be the one who makes that call for you. All right? Yeah, look, our president sucks. It's, it's no, look, he's bad. This is really bad. I, I just, look, I mean. <laughs> I'll never forget. <laughs> I won't go into that. Anyway, I, I, I just think that. I love, I'll never forget. And then promptly forgets everything. I, I thought these two paired pretty nicely together. So let's do these two. And then we're moving off this thing. We got all kinds of other stuff we have to tackle here on the Jesse Kelly show. Dear Queso Conquistador. I share your concerns about invading Gaza, but just like the Romans at Masada, couldn't Israel just cut them off from food, water, and electricity until they capitulate? Uh, that My voice just cracked. Until they capitulate. With two million mouths to feed in such a small area, now I feel like I'm making it deeper to make up for the fact that it just went, before they capitulate. Now with two million mouths to feed. Anyway, with two million mouths to feed in such a small area, I can't imagine they would last more than a few weeks. All right. I thought that paired nicely with this one. Jesse, Israel and Hamas. Uh, first, he asks about concealed carry insurance. Is it worth it or a scam? I generally say that stuff is a scam because they can drop you, get an attorney, not insurance, an attorney, an actual attorney. Anyway, the guy goes on to say, Israel and Hamas. We sometimes hear the discussion between total war and limited war may be a valuable discussion given limited, given recent events. One could argue the last total war was World War II, so on and so forth. How does it? Okay, so let's let's deal with this. Total war, limited war. Can't they just cut them off? Well, total war. What does that word mean? How do you interpret that word? Well, here's what total war is. Total war treats every part of a nation as a combatant. Every single part of a nation. So it's no longer just the troops on the front line. Nope. Everyone's involved in this. Now, maybe right away, you're saying that's too far. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. And that's fine. Remember, we're about to discuss some hard things. Some things you're probably not going to know what you feel about. But we conducted total war in World War II. Do you consider that evil and bad? Maybe you do. And maybe you do. Remember... Everyone has their own code and thing they want. But what we did in World War II was total war. You're dropping bombs out of B-17s. My favorite plane, by the way. You're dropping bombs out of B-17s onto German cities. Uh, they're not, not all dropping on Nazi headquarters. They're not. Those bombs are dropping. Yes, you're trying to hit this munitions factory and you're trying to do that. That's why we... That's why we actually put our pilots, our air crews in danger by flying during the day. The British said, screw that. <laughs> the British just flew at night, but we were trying to be as accurate as possible. But it's an inaccurate business. 
You want that bomb to drop on the munitions factory, but it accidentally dropped on the hospital two blocks away. That's total war. You're treating that entire country as if they're combatants. And when you consider that it's an economy that truly drives a military, that's a reasonable point of view. We did the same thing in Japan. Everyone knows about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Most people don't know, unless they've done any reading on it, we bombed every city in Japan. Well, almost every major city in Japan, we bombed them to dust. To dust. We pounded that place with our B-29 super fortresses. We pounded that place to dust. How many civilians did we kill? A lot. Were we the bad guy? Well, I don't think so, but maybe you do. I certainly don't think so. But let's go to our current situation. First guy said, they have two million mouths to feed in Gaza. Let's cut off the food, cut off the power, cut off the water. Let them come out. Now, maybe you're all about that. Maybe you're not. I'm only going to just say this. Let's look at it from a realistic perspective on what we can and cannot do. This is not 1945 with Nazi Germany gassing 8 million Jews and the Japanese raping and killing everybody they can get their hands on, where the lines were crystal clear. Now, I'm not sitting out. Now, let me explain this about the lines. Back then, the world agreed that the Nazis had to go. The world agreed the Nazis had to go. The world agreed. Jap- Japan, that, this ain't going to cut it. That was a world agreement. What Israel does not have, and being a salad, half the world hates the Jews, what Israel does not have is a mandate from everyone to do whatever is necessary. Remember, the Biden administration came out right away and we're already saying, well, we, we want a proportional response. What I'm saying to you is this. Forget what you want or what I want or what you believe is right. Here's the reality on the ground. Let's say Israel does want to do what you just said. And the, every indication is that they do. Cut off the water, cut off the power, starve them out, force them to come out. That is the smart tactic. We're only looking at this tactically, not morally or any other way. Tactically, that is the smart move rather than send your men and women into a bombed out area with sniper nests and IEDs all over the place. The smart move, smart move is starve them out. People, people got to drink water. Even terrorist scum have to drink water. People have to eat. How long will the world, including us here in America, allow Israel to lay siege to Gaza? Sieges, blockades, they are a part of warfare. They have been a part of warfare since time began. How many history stories have you sat back and listened to me tell about the Mongols or Caesar or whoever? Pick, pick your army laying siege to a city. Now, we like those topics when they're historic because they're interesting and they are fascinating. I love them. You love them. We all love them. But I would argue if you had video and picture and audio on the ground of what it looked like inside of a siege, 
you might not enjoy them as much as you think because what is a siege in the end? What is it? It's starving people to death. It's really all it is. It's not more complicated than that. It's denying people food and water. That's what a siege is. We have video now. Everybody, even the guys are pieces of trash. They have Instagram too. How long will the world stand back as Israel starves out 2 million people? Don't think Israel hasn't taken this into account as well. A lot of people are making this simpler and easier than it actually is. Israel, yeah, everyone's in their corner now because of that ugly Hamas attack. That goodwill is going to run out real quick. It is. The clock is ticking. And again, I know these are hard things to hear. I don't get caught up in the emotion of the day. That's the reality of life. How does this look going forward? I don't know. But I do know this. We're done with all this Gaza, Hamas stuff for a little bit until I get to the next Ask Dr. Jesse question on it. Let's move along here. We have to talk a little bit about well, what we're dealing with here at home. Before I get to the, back to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions, we're going to talk about that really quickly here. Before we do that, let's get to preborn. Let's get to something wonderful. Remember, as I've been telling you, especially this week, when you're, there's all kinds of death and misery and all these things, and, and life is heavy. It can be, it can be, it's real tempting. And Lord knows I've done it myself for most of my life, a million times. To then just focus on you, maybe wade into the ugly, maybe hit the bottle again. Look, I've done it. Again, I'm not judging you. I've done all these things a million times over. But when you spread life and light, that's the time to do it. Now is the time to spread life around. Preborn is out there saving babies' lives, giving mothers free ultrasounds so they don't abort that baby, so they choose life. $28, that's what buys the ultrasound. Go save a life tonight. Preborn.com slash Jesse saves that life. Sponsored by Preborn. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Thursday, reminding you, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, your love, hate, death threats, whatever you want. This is New York's very own representative, Daniel Goldman. Protest in New York City, where they have swastikas. Um, I, how do you go back to the, to the hill? and try to get them to re- rally for the Israeli people. Uh, look, there, there are fringe parts of, uh, of many different parties. Uh, there are conservative marches in the South with swastikas all the time. Anti-Semitism is rampant. 100%. Have you seen a march in the South with a swastika? I don't know. I, look, I, hey, I don't go to marches. I, I don't go to marches. I've been to a million tea parties and things, but I don't go to marches anymore. I'm... I've never come across those. They're waving them proudly at your commie marches, Daniel. It's what it is. Dear Fly Slayer. I believe I understand the basic rules of public restroom. One of those being no small talk. Excuse me or go ahead should be the extent of talk in the men's room. That's a fact. That being said, I recently had to use a store bathroom having a giant breakfast just prior. I love how he had to tell me that. 
Upon entering the stall, I first checked the seat, then the TP supply. There was none, so I went in the other one. While finishing the business, someone went in the other stall that had no paper. He too inspected the situation and was obviously in distress. <laughs> I decided to be polite and tell him I was almost done and there's paper in here. The response I got was, mind your own beeping business, you beeping beep beep. Upon hearing that response, I decided to get out my phone and get comfortable for a while. Did I violate the rules here? Clearly this guy was a jerk, but this seems to be an increasingly common response to people who are offered polite gestures as if it's no longer welcomed in our society. About to give up on being nice. Let me tell you a little, little story. I, uh, you obviously understand that I'm naturally rude. You're still here, but I'm naturally rude. I, I you understand that, but I do believe very much in community. I'm, I'm huge on community. I talk about it all the time. I believe in a community of people that that is where our strength is. That we should, that we should be creating an anti-communist community. Your immediate physical community, your neighborhood. You should be getting involved in a community of some kind, in your church, in your gun club, in your, you should be, community matters. And, and going forward, as we get into harder times, we will need that community to support each other. Remember, there are good things that can come out of a nation coming apart and crumbling. We can reprioritize things, focus on what matters, that kind of stuff. Anyway, so I'm a waiver in the neighborhood. Not when I'm out and about, I'm not weird about it, but when I'm in my neighborhood, if someone's walking down the sidewalk, doesn't matter who it is, driving by in a car, that's exactly right, Chris. Nothing of extravagant, just maybe it's a finger, maybe it's two, it's, maybe it's not that finger, Chris, it's, it's a wave. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on the neighbor, right? No, I'm kidding. No, it, it's, I wave, I wave it all, wave it all, wave it all. There, the other day, something happened. You see, I had gotten out of the habit of waving because there were there have been some new additions to the neighborhood, and they didn't wave back, and it grades on me. When I, 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 I this is a fault of me, not other people. When I do something polite, and it is not acknowledged, and that's this is wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. This is wrong. It grades on me like no end. If I hold a door open for you, I'm big on that. I, I teach my boys, you hold doors open for people, especially women, especially old people, you hold doors open. If I hold a door open for you and you do not thank me on the way in, you just walk right through like I'm the doorman, I will embarrass you. I will. I will say you're welcome. I will make you feel an, half an inch tall. If I let you cross the street in front of me as a pedestrian, give me a head nod, maybe a wave. If you're physically able, pick up the pace. If Look, if you're older and you're not, fine. Take your time. Don't mean mug me and give me that daggone right you stopped. You better stop and saunter across the road. I will drive over you in my pickup truck. Don't do that to me. It graded on me to the extent where I stopped waving at everybody. A few days ago, cruising home, same group of people. It was actually the same family that started all this not waving thing that I had waved at previously and they didn't wave back. I'm driving home and I see them coming. And I said, ah, I'm good. I'm not waving. Forget that. Screw them. Jerks. Wouldn't wave anyway. So I just kind of 
keep my head forward and I'm driving past. As I drive past, I see something out on my left side because they're on my left side. And I look just in time to see the kids waved at me on the way by. And I didn't wave back because I was so cynical. I didn't see them in time until I was past them. They wave, Little kids waved at me and I didn't wave back at them. I let their rudeness or the rudeness of their parents beforehand govern my actions. In this society we have now, we are increasingly a broken people. We are broken mentally and emotionally and spiritually, and we're disconnected from each other, and people are hurting right now. They're hurting financially. They're stressed. They're, they're going through it right now. I am going to make an effort to extend more mercy than I have previously extended in my life. You offer some guy a warm toilet seat with um, actual toilet paper and he cusses you out, I'd be just as mad as you were and I'd respond the same way. Well, screw him. He can sit over there with baboon butt. I'll sit right here on the chair and take my time. But let's not allow a broken society to twist us up, right? Let's do good. Let's do good for others. Let's... Let's do the tunnel to towers model. No matter what, no matter what is going on, we will do good. We will do good for other people. Tunnel to towers have set that example nicely since 9-11, I would say. Since 9-11, they have dedicated themselves to doing good. Caring for our catastrophically injured veterans. You know they build our catastrophically injured veterans, they build them smart homes so they can have a better quality of life. Stoves that raise and lower, special showers and stairs. And isn't that just awesome? A veteran goes overseas and loses a piece of himself, and Tunnel to Towers is there to welcome him home and make his life better than it would have been. That's what your $11 a month does when you give it to T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Go give now. Get the cure for rhinos. Weekdays with the Jesse Kelly Show. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Thursday. I hope you have a smile on your face. You probably don't because everything's a little heavy right now. But believe me when I tell you. (laughs) The night is darkest just before the dawn. That's not true. We're totally screwed. But honestly, we're going to be fine. We will be fine. We are going to be fine. Everything feels heavy right now because there are heavy, huge things going on in the world. Keep your chin up and keep on marching, all right? Dear uh, tall, cool one, a friend of mine was trying to explain that gender fluidity was a precursor to the fall of many empires. He specifically cited gender being involved in the fall of Roman and Mayan empires. I can't seem to find much about this topic. Being the history nerd that you are, do you have any knowledge to validate his claims? Thanks for what you do. Well, uh, specifically, look, we can cover like Romans and Mayans and things like that another time. But but let's let's cover, you know, let's just talk about the Romans here really quickly about all the gender fluidity stuff and things like that. When... When nations are beginning to lose their way, they lose their way really hard. And morally or culturally, it can be very tempting for logical people. You're probably more of a logical thinker. Uh, you wouldn't be listening if you weren't more of a logical thinker than your neighbors and your friends and family. It's, it can, it's a natural thing for logical people to, to look at a nation and only deal with the tangible things, things we can touch and feel, and things that we can, things that are black and white and on paper. You'll, you'll hear this. Maybe you even think this. Uh, maybe you're one of these people on the right who think things like, "Hey, we should never touch cultural stuff. Let's never address any of the abortion stuff or the LGBTQ stuff. Let's never touch any of that stuff." Jesse, spending's all that matters. Let's secure the border and taxes and stuff like that. Maybe you're one of these people who believes that, and that's an understandable belief. I'm not telling you you're an idiot, but I am telling you you're wrong, and here's why. 
throughout history, nations have understood that the morality of the people is critical for the nation. And I'm going to explain why. But understand this. You don't have to come at this from a religious point of view to understand this. You can look at Greek philosophers who will tell you this. Romans, people who have a totally different belief system than you do. There's a million quotes and examples of this. And here's why that's the case. We human beings, we are naturally selfish people. I am the most selfish person on earth. And when I look at my life, when I look at 42 years of my life, and I look at all the things I've done wrong, and all the things I would take back if I could, my resume of bad, right, if you will. Let's just say I have a resume of bad, and it's a long list for me. I'm sure yours is shorter than mine. Every single thing on that list, every single thing, can be traced back to me putting me first. Selfishness. Only wanting to do what I want to do when placing me above anyone and everyone else. Everything comes back to me deciding that I'm only about me and I will serve me and I will do what I want. I don't want to go home tonight and then go uh, work out with my son just because he wants me to and just because it's good for me. I want to go home tonight and I want to drink whiskey. I want to drink whiskey all night and I don't want to get up tomorrow morning and take the kids to school and make them for breakfast. That sounds like such a burden. So I'm going to just, I'll be hung over. I'm going to sleep in and the wife can go do it. Oh, but she's having a tough day. I don't care about her day. I care about me. And when she gets back, I expect breakfast to be made lickety split. Why? Because she should be there just to serve me. You see what I mean? You see, if it's only you, if it's all about you, and, and, and I've lived that life so much then that ruins everything. Now, let's go to a society, because I'm not trying to avoid the question, gender fluidity and things like that. Human beings, because we tend to be selfish, we need, we must have rules that keep us fenced in. If we do not acknowledge that there are rules that keep us fenced in because of our selfish nature, we will spin off out of control and society itself will crumble. If there was no longer right, wrong, good, evil, if anything goes and everything's fine and do as you please, if that is the moral code for a society, then eventually it is. It doesn't matter what the taxes are. doesn't matter what the border is. doesn't matter what the spending is. The society itself will spin into a place that is so crazy and evil that, that if I were to tell you we would go that place before society began to spin off, you would tell me I was crazy. Man would never do such a thing. Jesse, what's wrong with you? And you want exhibit A? If I played for you this audio cut just 10 years ago, if I came back from the future and I visited you 10 years ago, and I told you this was coming for your country in the United States of America. And let's say you bought into the time travel thing. You knew I was really a time traveler. I really came back. You still would not buy into the audio I'm about to play you. You would accuse me of making it up, 
of lying or the, uh, one isolated incident somewhere. It's so far beyond belief. It's so far beyond the pale that we here in the United States of America would embrace and fund and in fact encourage evil like this. Ten years ago, if I played this for you, you would say, Jesse, you're a liar. But this is what happens to a society when men stop staying within the rules. I'm a detransitioner, and so I'm an active community member of the 603, and I'm here in support of SB 272 today. So like many children and teens today, I identified myself as transgender for years. And when I started to feel confused and ashamed about my developing body, I asked everyone in my life to call me by a new name and use male pronouns to refer to me. So in other words, I went through a social transition from female to male. Everyone in my life immediately affirmed my new identity, either out of full support for it or just to stay neutral and not cause any issues. But the constant affirmation, both active and passive, solidified me in my transgender identity. No one meant to lock me into an identity that would later leave me broken, ashamed, and more confused than before. They were really all just being nice. But the social transition eventually wasn't enough, and I soon felt I needed to take testosterone. And when that wasn't enough, I had a double mastectomy. And when that still wasn't enough, I had a total hysterectomy, including the removal of my uterus, cervix, fallopian tubes, and both ovaries. There's no point of contentment during a gender transition. We get fleeting moments of euphoria, but ultimately one step leads straight into the next. And I thought that in the end I could really become a man, but all I became was a mutilated and abused version of my old self. Ten years ago, future Jesse comes back to visit you and says, Hey, we are losing our way here. And we're losing our way morally. And if we don't stop, then in 10 years from now, mothers, fathers, psychiatrists, and doctors will begin to chop the breasts and penises off of our children in this country. You would tell me I'm a conspiracy theorist nutball and there's no way that would ha ever happen. That is why nations crumble when nations lose their moral way. And that's why no matter how much we want this to be true, it can't just be about taxes and spending and border stuff. It can't be. Either it comes from a cultural place that is good or there won't be anything left to save that's worth saving. That's the truth. All right. Local politics. How can you tell if they're not going to tell you their party? How, what, what should you be talking to them about? And so much more still to come on the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. Let's talk first about something wonderful. About meat. Who doesn't freaking love meat? I, personally, steaks this weekend. In-laws are in town. Going to make some steaks. I don't screw them up anymore because now I cook them to temperature. And... I'm making Good Ranchers steaks this weekend. Good Ranchers, what do you do? You go to their website, goodranchers.com. You use the promo code JESSE. That helps you save money, 25 bucks off your subscription or off your box, and then $480 worth of free ground beef for your first two years. But what you do, honestly, the browsing is half the fun. You pick a meat box, a meat box for whatever your family's needs are. And then you don't have to buy meat at the grocery store anymore or anywhere else because the best quality all-American meat is delivered to your front door on the regular. That's what you get with Good Ranchers. And plus, two years worth of free ground beef? 
Go to GoodRanchers.com and use the code JESSE and start eating the best meat ever delivered to your front door. GoodRanchers.com, code JESSE. Go now. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I had almost forgotten. I got so into the Ask Dr. Jesse questions that I'd almost forgotten about the latest and greatest Biden administration thing. Man, alive. They are seriously hurting. You see, they the idiots called it Bidenomics, and then that caught on. And now, no matter how much they lie and tell you it's fine, people don't feel good about the economy. Biden's underwater on every single issue, and now they're left grasping at straws. So now, their newest thing, their newest thing is junk fees. Well, my friends in the front row here mostly support junk fee, the junk fee, pre, pre, junk fee prevention act. Hard to say. Anyway, but all kidding aside, massive. I love how the president of the United States of America is thought of to be so incapable of basic things that he gets an ovation for being able to say the name of an act on the second try. That's, that's where we're at. But anyway, junk fees, gosh. Dear Wise Oracle, you frequently emphasize on your show the need for anti-communists to get involved in local politics. Unfortunately, I always find city and county elections to be difficult. Candidates in these races almost never declare any sort of party affiliation. Basically, in my 13 years as a registered voter in a red state and area, there seems to be an unspoken rule for local elections to be nonpartisan. No one in local politics seems to have the chalk to come out of their political closet fighting for anything of substance. What kind of strategic questions should an anti-communist be asking these people in emails in public meetings? Don't ask them by email. Go to a public meeting and simply walk up to these people and ask them basic questions. They will reveal who they are and what they are in one or two answers. How many genders are there? Two. That's a Republican. That's a normal human being. If you're a Democrat today, you can't say things like that or you are run out of the insanity that is now the Democrat Party. Don't do it by email. You have to go in person. They all do this, and this is part of the commie scum. This was a commie scum strategy that they have implemented in red community after red community across the United States of America. Remember, 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 you do not think like they think. You think about your family. You prioritize things in your life. We have family. We have this this weekend. We got to take the kids to practice. We do this. The communist only has his religion of death and destruction. That's all he has. So he's constantly seeking out choke points of power. He's constantly seeking out positions of power. You drive by the library and never look twice at it. He drives the library. He sees a place where he can finally get to your kids. That's how he has approached local politics in red areas. Democrats fill up these positions in red areas because they're commie filth who want to destroy your community and bring their garbage in and we're too lazy and complacent. Part of the way they do that is to make the elections nonpartisan. If you're in a red area and you have nonpartisan elections, you have Democrats that have filled up whatever those elections are. School board, the uh, city council, board of supervisors. If you have a red area and it's nonpartisan, you have commies filth all throughout your positions of power. 
Because it's the best way to do it when you think of it. Hey, I I don't want to have to declare a party. Hey, let's just make it nonpartisan, right? And they all lie. Why do you think these people scrub their backgrounds on this all the time? I know because I've gotten so much more involved in local politics in recent years. Now, look, I, I, I'm involved in local politics in my community. Digging in. City council election. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? What does this guy believe? What does this guy want? And here, it's the same way where I live. It's all over Texas. Same way where I live. Well, it's nonpartisan. And then you go digging. You can't find anything on social media about these guys. Their websites. It's This guy mentions this in the emails, so he sees it too. How it's all the most common fluff. I believe in prosperity and uh, responsibility. He even mentions it here. They all say the same thing. Everyone looks and nods and says, oh, okay, that guy, uh, he must agree with me. He hides what he believes for bad reasons. If a guy is running for a position of power and he lacks the courage to tell you where he stands on issues, that's a bad sign. Or if he changes his stance every 15 minutes, depending, that's a bad sign. You can't ask by email because they'll just give you some vague, nothing-meaning answer by email and you won't figure out anything. But the good news is, that's a, this is another great thing about these local elections I tell you about. All the way up to the state level, your state rep and state senator. You know how easy it is to meet these people? They're, const, they're, they're in your community. They represent your community. And it's all over their website, their social media page when they're having a meeting. They're always doing some meetup here or a gathering there. And you show up at these one, it brings it home how few people get involved in local elections. You show up, and it's not like you're standing in a line of 500 people waiting to have 15 seconds with him. It's not like that at all. You'll show up at these events for, for a majorly powerful position, like state senator or something like that. There'll be 50 people there. You yank your state senator aside and chew his rear end for 10 minutes if you feel like it. But if we don't show up, hey, the game's on. Sorry. Guess who will show up? The communists will show up. I promise you that. I guarantee they're involved. Remember that? Remember that? Remember we, how many former commies we have who listen to the show? And remember one of our favorites? It's a woman. I'm not going to give out her name, but she emails in and just go, talks about how they plan things and their thought process. She not only always, always, always had a list of every single local event, no matter how small. A list, and it was on her schedule. If it's happening, she's there. Music in the park with your city council, she's there. Oh, there's a meeting to discuss uh, the new play area. You would never go to that meeting. She's there. They're starting a new commission to decide this. She's there. We're watching the game. Not only is she there, she comes up with a list and a schedule and prints it out and distributes it to friends and family. She's organizing. The communist is ready. The communist is getting his power, seeking it out. We are watching the game. Did you see that throw from Drew Brees? Oh, man. Why is there child drag shows in my community? I don't know. Ask Drew Brees. All right. Take care of your dog. We're going to get into a little World War One, World War II stuff here. You want to do a little bit of we'll do a little bit of history talk? Let's do a little bit of history talk. Let's talk about rough greens first, though. Let's talk about basics like vitamins and minerals and probiotics, all the stuff that we get in our food. 
After all, who would ever eat a vegetable if you didn't need nutrition? Nobody ever would. But that's why we do it. We do it because we want to live longer. We want to be healthier. Your dog needs the same nutrition. Your dog needs vitamins and minerals, probiotics. You want to see a difference in your dog, a physical difference in his coat, his breath, his energy, his gut. Start pouring rough greens on your dog's food. Your dog's food is dead. Dr. Dennis Black, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black came up with rough greens so dogs could live longer and get real nutrition. They're giving out free jumpstart trial bags. That's how much they know your dog's going to love it. Call 833-33-MY-DOG or go to roughgreens.com slash jesse. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.